What's up, guys? It's Lewis Crathen here, and it is Inside the World of Duotone, our podcast where we give you the best insights, of course, to Duotone. And today, I am speaking to one of the international team riders. I have Pippa Van Ersel joining me. Welcome, Pippa. Thank you, Lewis. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me. You are only 23 years old, I believe. That's correct. That is correct. Just about before the millennium, 1999. When was your birthday? Uh, the 1st of July. Okay, so you just got in there before uh, <laughs> before that <laughs> millennium year. That's quite wicked. I'm also, I'm 1985. I'm easy. I'm, I'm well before. I thought before you were going to say, I'm also 1999. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't get away with that these days. Um, but let's hear about your story, actually. I'd like you to introduce yourself a little bit, perhaps to the, the listeners that might not know who you are, where, where you're from, where you were born, maybe, and uh, what you do. Yeah, so I am Pippa. I'm from Holland, the Netherlands, and um, I'm kiting since my 14th. And then I joined Duotone um, since I was 18 or 19 years old. From that, I've been starting with uh, doing competitions all over the world. Um, first, freestyle. Been three times third of the world in the freestyle discipline. And then, um, yeah, I started doing big air. I've always done it. Um, mostly because we have great legends like Kevin Rubin uh, from the big air scene in Holland. I'm looking up to them as a young kid, so, uh, like seeing them on the spot. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, now it's super cool that there's a lot of big air events. So I joined that. And, it's, uh, yeah, it's not like you're in a short supply of Dutch riders to um be inspired by right so you're dominating the scene right now the dutch exactly <laughs> like in king of the air there's uh, the, sometimes there were like eight or even more uh dutch competitors in there so that's uh really sick yeah that was almost half i think um the last few years which is pretty impressive seeing as other countries only have sometimes one person if that representing it's uh must be quite a nice cut because it's not a huge coastline right often that always amazes me when i visit the netherlands you don't have absolutely thousands 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 of kilometers it's very um concentrated on that sort of west coast and a bit up the north so you must see and ride with these these guys and girls all the time right yeah exactly like holland is not that big in general so if there's a good wind direction for a spot then mostly we go at the same spot so it's super cool that you see Lasse also, um, yeah, starting, I think, doing well three, four years ago now with the Mega Loop Challenge. And um, from that, he was also a rising star in the big air scene. And yeah, you have Kevin being in for the big air scene for a long time. Uh, Ruben, obviously, having a big influence in the beginning of the sport. And Yuri in the big, uh, in the freestyle scene. And Yalu, Annelus, like, there's so many good riders from Holland, so that's super cool. And also the new generation, well, new, like Giel just coming in and uh, Stig mm -hmm. as well. So it's super nice to ride with everyone. Yeah, it's an exciting, um, exciting time for you over there in the Netherlands. Um, so I wanted to remind the listeners, actually, that you placed third, I think it was three years in a row in the top three in the world. And I'm looking at some of your results here where you basically always ending up in the top three. You've actually 
won quite a few of the events recently on the Big Air Kite League uh, in the Big Air scene. And, you know, we, we touched on it briefly there at the start about freestyle and things moving um, towards the Big Air direction now with a lot of focus on Big Air. So just for clarity, did you start your kiteboarding career as a freestyle rider and you, you've migrated more into Big Air? Um, for the career part, I think, yes, because I'm always, I had the urge to compete. I'm a very competitive person. First, um, before guiding, I played soccer, also on a high level, so that I was super cool. But then uh, my dad took me for a kite lesson and, uh, or well, he taught me actually. So then I didn't show up in the football uh, trainings anymore. Um, but yeah. Because I was super competitive, there was not like a queen of the air or in the big air. There was no competitions for girls or, yeah, you could participate as a woman also in king of the air. But then your level needs to be super high from the start. So I started doing freestyle and I really love all disciplines in guiding. And I think that's what makes our sport so beautiful, that it's super diverse. And I love all parts of it. If it's not super windy, I want to also be able to kite, freestyle or foil or whatever, just be on the water and on the board. And when it's super windy, and that's sick about Holland, is that we have these stormy days. And I guess that's why a lot of Dutch kiters are good in, in big air, because we have those mm. stormy days where we can uh, train for big air. So you've probably really always been quite comfortable as a big air rider, but it's only since... Um, I've seen you more um, taking part in the big air events. I've seen your name um, right up there and, and winning some of these events. Would you say that um, you're still uh, focusing on competition um, in freestyle? I know you've had a bit of an injury over the last years and we'll move on to talk about that in due course, but I'm interested about your, your focus on uh, the discipline right now, freestyle and big air. Yeah, well, I've definitely focused a bit more on big air also because it's new and I really love the adrenaline you get from big air. So I think that's super cool. But um, yeah, I would also, I don't know, I would never leave the freestyle part because I think both disciplines are very nice. And if I can combine it, I would, but I've definitely focused more on big air now. And it's, yeah, I've been winning some events and now even, yeah, I'm injured, but I'm leading, so that feels super weird that you cannot do anything about it, just watching the events and um, hopefully my ranking will stay high, but yeah, I cannot do anything about it. So hold on a second here. So you are leading, currently ranked number one on the Big Air Kite League. However, you're injured, so you're not going to be participating uh, in the next one? Yeah, Wow, that is strange. So you currently right now can call yourself seed number one. And if there's no win for the rest of the year, I guess you wouldn't be too bothered about that. No, no, but also that was super weird because there was an event in Brazil, which I didn't do. And I'm still ranked number one because not everyone did the whole tour. Like Anjali was injured as well. So she joined later and she did well on the comp. Um which makes it ideal for me because if there's people showing up onto the podium that having the same amount of events as I did because I got first and I got third in one event. And yeah, 
if there's other riders that didn't do super well in the previous comps and that they do well now, they wouldn't get ranked over me. So I see. Yeah, that's how I can still be first. Now, I want to move on and talk about equipment shortly, but as we're on the subject of injuries, and I know this is something you're probably used to talking about now, to my understanding, you've had a, a knee injury. Perhaps you can en- enlighten us a bit more about um, what injury you have and, and the time you've had to take take out and how, and how that's been. Um, so, yes, I have um, unfortunately been injured and uh, during the full power tarifa. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I turned my ACL, which is a, a long recovery, but fortunate for me that it is a, um, yeah, I, I can recover hundred percent from it. So that's very good, mm. but it just takes a lot of time. Uh, it's a nine month recovery for sure. And I'm now on four months, but it's going well. And, um, I just cannot wait <laughs> to be back again. I saw something uh, lately where you were riding a bike for the first time. You look pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that at first when I just turned my ACL, in within two weeks I had my surgery and I was I really was not um, prepared for, well, when you tear your ACL, like you can literally, I didn't have much pain when the, mm. when I crashed and you can... Within one week, I could run again and I could cycle and stuff. And then you have surgery. And then from the surgery, it feels a lot worse because it feels like someone made a lot more damage than it was before. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it takes it takes a long time to to get get back on track. And all these small steps, I really appreciate every single improvement. And that that's super cool to feel. Would you say then it's possible to actually have torn your ACL, maybe with your experience, and actually not realized you'd done it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I went to the hospital, because you were there in uh, when it happened in Spain. Yeah, I was. During the comp. And someone tested my, uh, like my ACL with my wetsuit on, which is very weird because then you can never feel if a knee is unstable or not. And mm. he said, yeah, there's no problem. I made the MRI as well. And there was a doctor that said nothing wrong, but then Duotone told me, um, send me straight to Austria to have, um, a knee specialist look at it because they need to examine it. And he could say in two minutes straight away, okay, you have a, you torn your ACL completely and you need surgery. So I am super grateful that uh, Duotone has this medical on the side as well, because otherwise I would walk around and um, maybe also make some damage in my meniscus, because if you don't have an ACL, you have yeah, way more instability and it's not uh, good on the long term. So I'm super grateful that, uh, yeah, I'm in the hands of Duotone. So it was Dr. Lucas Brandner that you went to see and I have spoke with him already on our Inside the World of Duotone podcast and I really enjoyed my conversation with him and you were right to say that we're very fortunate as athletes on Duotone to have that um, available to us and so you went over to see him and he really had a a good look into into your knee and suggested that you should have surgery right? Yeah exactly so um, yeah he tested my knee and said what I what needed to be done, and I spoke with Duotone as well. And um, yeah, within two weeks I got surgery, and everything was planned. So that 
that all was super fast because sometimes people have to wait like two, three months to get surgery. Mm. And uh, the mental side of it, you're you're sounding very positive on this call. What advice would you have to people that are either just about to have their surgery or have just come out of one to, you know, how can you how can you stay in a good place mentally? For me, it's super important to appreciate all the small steps you make, because sometimes I also think because for an athlete, I think in general, it never goes fast enough. So really be patient appreciate the small things um, that that are progress and also look back to, for example, for me, it's very important that sometimes I scroll through my photos and I see a picture of myself or a video like one month ago, what I could do. And then one month later, it's like mm. a big progress. And um, sometimes you don't see that yourself, but other people can tell you and you're like, yeah, but it's not going to go the way I want or, and it's in an injury, it's never one line up that was for me as well in the beginning i had an inflammation in my knee and i couldn't feel progress for four weeks but then later um i got a way better physiotherapist and he spoke with lucas and then the problem was solved and from that moment i made progression like super well and um yeah if if there's progress like trust trust the process and the progress because yeah and be patient <laughs> yeah i guess patience is a lot of it right let's skip forwards now to when you have been riding and i want to again sort of be talking about um you know touching on the disciplines of freestyle and big air which you're so involved in i want to know about the duotone equipment that you're using and i first want to start with boards and how that might be different from freestyle to big air what setups you would use um, yeah, definitely in the decisions for freestyle and big air, it's obviously a different discipline. So I like to use different boards as well. I use for freestyle, I use the team series. And that's with three and a half centimeter fins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Not, not quite as big then. And for big air, what would your big air, your favorite big air twin tip setup be? I used um, I used the Jaime SLS and with the four and a half uh, centimeter fins because yeah you can pop way harder take off and um, the board is super light so for training kite loop board offs it, it makes it way easier. Yeah, it's a bit more grip on your takeoff for big air, I guess, which is yeah. what you want and maybe you just need that edge to be a little bit looser for freestyle going into those moves. What about kites? The kites, well, my favorite, like a lot of people in the big air scene, you see riding the Rebel now, I think, mm -hmm. Rebel SLS. And I actually love the Dice SLS because it has a, it's a bit more aggressive. And I like that in a loop to be it, it, it aggressive. And um, it's a super fast kite. I'm also pretty light. And yeah, sometimes for the, to use, I think my, my favorite size is a seven or eight dice SLS. Mm. Would do you, uh, would you say that perhaps because of um and I think am I right in saying you've used the seed kite for your freestyle um early on in the career that's influenced your decision to want to ride the dice more, which has more of a C shaped tip than the than the rebel? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because for me, from Vegas to Rebel, it's a really big difference, also with timing. And um yeah, if I go on a freestyle trip. I definitely take the Vegas, but let's say I go on a trip where it can be both. I love just taking the dice with me because for big air, 
I love it. And for freestyle, it's also pretty good. I'm finding actually that I'm also in a similar boat where I, it's more natural for me to use a Dice SLS so that from my years with the C-Cart in the Vegas, but I'm really forcing myself to explore with the Rebel SLS now. I used the 8 the other day in 40 knots and it is a very different kite, but I also have a lot of time for the Evo SLS, especially in the size 10. I think it's a great mega looping kite. Um, but also I can freestyle on that kite quite well. It has some good, uh, um, good slack on it when I'm, when I'm going for some freestyle. So it's definitely about exploring the whole range, I think. And when you see some of the, some of our top team, you know, looking at Liam and, and Andrea using the rebel, I think it's always in the back of your mind as a, as an athlete, right? I need to see what's going on there. You know, do you have the same thing where you think maybe I should explore the rest of the range? Yeah, I really want to, but now I'm injured and I'm I don't have the possibility to do it. But definitely, yeah. I was. I didn't want to change it up too much before the comps, but uh, in the off season, I really wanted to make sure that I uh, test everything, Evo, Rebel, Dice for Big Air, and um, see what my favorite guide is gonna be. And also, yeah, I think with the Rebel, you have a lot more hang time. Mm-hmm. So it can make a huge difference now all these Kaidu Bordos are coming. Um, so yeah, it is, I don't know, I'm really in between everything now. But um, once I'm back on my board, I'm uh, definitely going to try them all. Yeah, you've got that look, uh, to look forward to when you come back. Yeah. Right. Are you ready for this next question? It's got a good stat in it here. And the stat oh, is... Yeah. The stat is that there are roughly, this is what I got off the internet, there are roughly 7.98 billion people in the world today, but you, Pippa, are one of just 12 females selected uh, as an athlete to represent the brand Duotone Kiteboarding. I wondered, how does that make you feel? Holy shit. Man, I would (laughs) never expect that, but uh, yeah, that's super sick. And how do you feel about it? Because you're the same. I don't know. I never got asked that question. So I just, <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought I'd line it up for you, especially because I think the, definitely the male side of the team is probably a bit bigger. So my, maybe my chances were better, but this is all about you today. And, you know, it's, it's a special thing to be on the Duotone kiteboarding international team. And I want to know from you, what is it? What does it um what does it mean to you to be on the Duotone International kiteboarding team? Yeah, for me, I think it's like if I could choose any brand, um always been that I really want to be part of the Duotone team. And um it's it's more than just a guide brand, it's a whole family. It's cool that everyone in the competition is helping each other and with the team trips, the shootings, it's always super fun with everyone. And I think that's what I realized as well from this injury. Um when everything is going great and you're you get on the podium, your social media is going great. Um obviously a sponsor is always happy and there's not much going on like in between that things can be better or whatever. But then when you get injured and if a sponsor is there for you 100% and even with Duoton, I felt like it was 200%. They've been there for me uh, since day one also with this injury, how they support me and how they help me out with the surgery and the whole team around me. That feels amazing. So uh, yeah, 
I couldn't wish to be in a better team. Lovely. And it's five years, you said, you've been on board now with Duotone? Um, since my 18, so yeah, five okay. years. That's cool, yeah. Goes, sure. goes and actually, quickly. it started maybe with you, huh? When we met in Tarifa, then um, there was this dealer meeting and I had a conversation with you and I was a little bit smaller. I was not well known in the kiting scene yet, but you saw me riding and um, you came to me on the beach talking about uh, Duotone because then Duotone just made a transition to the new name. Yeah. And uh, you got me to the to the international team a bit and I, then I spoke with Philip and you so uh, thanks for that. Wow, <laughs> so. I'd forgotten that we'd had that conversation. That's wonderful. Maybe I need a bonus too. Yeah. <laughs> scouting, <laughs> scouting for new riders. Exactly, drum scouting. It's lovely to hear your um, your your feelings about the brand um, now that you've been five years. That's quite a, a long time. And especially, you're right, it's easy to get support and love from sponsors when everything's going great. But when you're perhaps going through hard times, injuries, you know, everything else that happens within the life of a human being. It's, it's wonderful to have that backing and support from people that, you know, on, you know, on a, on a great first name basis that we meet up a lot of the times throughout the year with testing and we're at dealing meetings all together. It is one big family and it does feel special when you think about sort of how lucky you are to be part of, of this team. So you are one of the 12 that I've um, said, you're one of the females, the 12 females that we have on the international team right now. Um, and I want to know a little bit about what it's like and perhaps how it's been for you as a, as a female getting into the sport. Have you encountered any challenges trying to make it as a, as a female to, you know, becoming a, a professional athlete, a professional kiteboarder? Well, when I started guiding, I honestly, um, Never really expected it, uh, that it would be possible, that it would be my job. Um, and I've also never really, yeah, how do you say this? I always did it for the passion and then slowly you grow into it. So it's not like, okay, you do one competition well and you're in, um, mm. it has to grow. And for me it all, I don't know. I've always uh, did my own thing, what I loved. I'm making vlogs on YouTube as well. Then I did the competitions, training a lot, doing all all the things I love in kiting. And no one has ever needed to push me or push me in a certain direction for, for the brand or whatever. But that's what's great about Duotone as well, is they, they've always uh, let me do my thing. And that's why uh, they sponsor someone, because of their style. So... Um, that's what I really like that I can totally be myself and, um, and they love it as well. I think that's a really um, important message for anyone aspiring to be a professional setting in kiteboarding. And you've really highlighted there that Pippa is that actually yeah. being yourself and actually, if you can't find people to support you around you that are empowering you to do your own thing and be, and be yourself, then perhaps they're not the right people for you. Cause it's, it's easy to stay natural to yourself and do the things you love to do. And that in turn reflects well on your sponsors. Yeah, exactly. And also as, um, as an athlete, you would never be able to do it for so long. If you, if you're not being yourself, because at a certain point, yeah, you, you cannot hold up this, um, fake image anymore. 
So yeah, I think it's really important that you always uh, listen what your heart wants and yeah, follow your path and the sponsors that wants to support that they will come. Let's talk about what you're doing on YouTube and uh, the videos that you're making. How's that going for you? Yeah, well, during when I can guide and stuff, it's it's uh, really fun and I love making it. But it's getting a bit more challenging now with the injury because, yeah, it's a completely different life. <laughs> Let's say mm. that is also for myself. Um, but I still really enjoy uh, making vlogs and, yeah, just bringing everyone um, that is not in this world, um, yeah, just have a look in it as well. I think they're just as interesting. I think they're just as interesting seeing the stuff off the water and the realities of what can actually be going on as a professional kiteboarder. You see so much amazing stuff on social media and YouTube and everyone's best lives. I think it's important to share the tough times too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's what I also had in, like when I was injured, I saw these um, other recovery videos from athletes and I saw a lot of videos that they just described it as one straight line up. Um, you see someone injured, well, then training in the gym and, and then boom, they're doing what they did as nothing happened. And I struggled a lot in the beginning with that because I was comparing myself with other people having the same injury and they were faster than me or whatever. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to make my my vlog still and i'm gonna take everyone with me even if it's it's not going the best but i want Mm. to share my story as how it is because i really don't like that yeah in the social media these days that everyone is uh, always only sharing the bright side because that's not the reality as well and i think it's really good what you said before is that um yeah the whole package is shared yeah, I think so. The whole journey and the journey yeah. that you're on now where you're training to get back up to the level you want to be at competing again. Question I have for you now, Pippa, is do you think there should be a queen of the air? Definitely, yes. So do I. Because there's so many girls now and uh, the level is increasing so much and I think we definitely deserve a queen of the air. It's definitely from what I've witnessed um, the last couple of years, especially on the Big Air Kite League and what we saw over at the GKA Big Air event in Tarifa, the standard has got, I mean, everyone always says that in our sport, oh, the standard's high, the standard's high, but but seriously, it did go through the roof um, for, for yeah. both men and women the last couple of years, actually. And I think now there are so many women that are competing as well it won't be long until we have the second division um like we do in the men's at the big air kite league and i think that it's the right time to be bringing in uh the queen of the air is that something you'd like to compete in uh, it has been my dream <laughs> definitely i am um, yeah when i started guiding i was always watching uh king of the air and uh, I definitely wanted to see myself there uh, doing a king of the air or queen of the air. If it's there, then yeah, definitely I would compete. I can definitely see you standing on the podium there one day, Pippa. Now, one thing I didn't ask you at the start, actually, is where, where your home spot is. Where is your where your real home spot is? My real home spot? Well, it's, it's hard to um, to pronounce for you. It's Schellinghout. St- it's in the Netherlands. Okay. And whereabouts and is it? 
It is um, 40 kilometers above Amsterdam, so it's in the north. Is it um, near Bergen or is it further north than this? Uh, no, Bergen. Uh, Bergen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've only just been there. I should really know. No, Bergen is like is at sea and um, I'm at the Isomere. It's a lake. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went kiting there as well, actually, recently too. I loved it. So tell oh. me what tell me about the conditions there. Um yeah, so actually Holland is um this is like a roulette. Okay. <laughs> it can, it, uh, in Holland it can be anything. It can be super windy, um, or it can be freestyle conditions or foiling. Um so yeah, we have a bit of all, and that's why I like all disciplines, I guess, because I had to get used to everything. And where is your favorite place to go away and train? Um, it has always been Brazil because when I started freestyle, um, that was my first sky trip. I went to Brazil <laughs> and I was just amazed about how many wind days there were. But then I got into big air and I first got to Cape Town and I, I spent there, um, some time. <laughs> um, and I love that Cape Town offers so many things besides guiding as well. The spots are amazing. The wind is super sick for big air, especially. But you also can freestyle. And um, I got into climbing in Cape Town, which is super sick. Um, You can cycle, you can mountain bike. So, yeah, for me, Cape Town now has uh, everything to offer. Yeah, it is a wonderful place to go, especially for big air. The wind is cold. It wants to take you up into the sky and I think I reckon I could have guessed that answer maybe from you for me also it's one of the best places to be in the yeah. world for big air so I imagine you may may be taking a break this year out there or what's your plan as you won't be fully fit just yet yeah exactly so I just want to make sure I'm 100% back um, and I really see it per month how it goes if I'm now I have nothing planned um I just need to see wherever I'm going to be ready, then I'll be on the water. But as as I'm not ready yet, the, I cannot say when I'm going to be back or um, I don't want to plan too much because mm. also if you come back too fast, um, you have a higher percentage of re-injure your ACL. Yeah. And I definitely don't want to risk that. So yeah, I'm going to take my time to uh, get fully back on track and then I will... Uh, hopefully be in Cape Town and otherwise another trip. I enjoy any kite trip at the moment. (laughs) It doesn't matter where or how cold it is. I just want to get back on the water. At the start of the call, actually, you mentioned some, um, some big names in the big air part of the sport. Um, But I'm interested, what idols do you have in not just kiteboarding, but perhaps other sports or, or maybe not even sport. Do you have role models in life that you aspire to be like? I think um, for me, my biggest role model since I'm a kid is my dad. (laughs) I've always wanted to be like him. He was first also playing uh, soccer and, um, and guiding. And then I saw him guiding and jumping. I was like, Holy shit. My dad is so cool. And he's, he's my hero. And then he took me and my sisters for guiding. And then I actually realized when I got better than him that it was like, oh, he was not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I 
he inspired me to guide and uh also as a person he's always super positive and um yeah he he can still enjoy he's enjoying guiding so much and winging now um yeah he's a real waterman and i think that's super cool oh that's lovely that's something i'm always envious about when i hear people talk about how they share the passion of the sport with family members i'm the only one in my family that does it but maybe i can change that with my own family as i get older and moving on finally to the last thing i wanted to ask i'm sure you, you are a, a big inspiration <laughs> for your kid <laughs> i will be i think she's a bit too young to start flying a flying a kite just yet but it's lovely to hear stories like yours where you're um, where you're really motivated by the decisions that your dad made and uh, it's interesting for me especially that soccer is a huge has been a huge part and perhaps still is of your life because it's a sport I also love but so many professional yeah. athletes are influenced by so many other different sports no it's, it's crazy yeah yeah that's super cool I got a game of golf lined up with Aaron Hadlow and a guy called Jez Jones tomorrow so it's not windy do you like a bit of golf <laughs> are you into golf do you like golf no I've never been into golf I'm sure I could change that. There's some good places in Cape Town. <laughs> when it's not yeah, windy, yeah. we'll go We'll go for that as well. But I, I'm I, I move. love any sport. Excellent. So I want to know from you, Pippa, to wrap things up here, what advice you would have to any young people listening now, not just women, men, kid, boys, girls, any young people that are really aspiring to make it as a professional kiteboarder like yourself, what advice would you have for them? Um, no, but for for everyone that wants to become a professional guide warder, really believe in it and um, do everything you love. Also, within um, yeah, sharing your passion with with many others because it uh, it's inspiring for you to look up to a person and um, yeah, also try to inspire others with it because that makes you a better guider as well. Thank you, Pippa. It's been lovely to have you on today on Inside the World of Duotone. Um, I look forward to seeing you on the water soon. I hope with your, I hope you wish you the best with your recovery. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for having me again. Thanks, Pippa. That was wonderful. Yeah.